Doug, is the license plate that says Cinderella on the back negative or positive? Uh, because I don't have anything else to go on. I have to know what kind of car it is. Mm, I didn't see it. I was if just it's like told a Chevy it. Cavalier. Then no. But if, if it's, it's like, like a, a, you know, Range Rover. Yes. That's absolutely. what I'm going with. I feel like high maintenance. Yeah, I feel right? like, you know, Cinderella is like, you know, there's a whole story behind it, right? Like rags yeah. to riches kind of thing. And which one are you? Yeah. And, and But I'm, I mean, Cinderella, she was always pretty cool. I don't Come really on. root for like the already riches. I want the rags. <laughs> so like Chevy Cavalier, Cinderella. Let's I'm go. Like, let's go. Yeah. Like, Range Rover with a custom matte like, finish. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. You don't need to tell Maybe me. Not. I already know. And like diamond plated wheels. Yeah. Like I already know <laughs> that you made it. It's What's fine. funny is now the amount of license plates I see. Now it's sort of like, I don't know if you're like this. I like gear and I like stuff, mm-hmm. you know? But if I see something, if I look at something that I want, then I just start to see it everywhere. Sure. But it's like that with like the license Like when you break plate. up with someone, suddenly every song is about breaking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, man, I'm so grateful for my wife and to be married. And this is like just an <laughs> observation. <laughs> you breaking up? Oh, my gosh. I have talked to a couple people that either like younger kids that I know, you know, kids isn't like in their, gosh, like early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, mid-20s, you know, or adults that are dating. It is a world that is terrifying to me now because everyone talks about like the uh, the online and app aspect of it. Yeah, I don't, which I don't know anything about. I don't have a clue. Like, but it sounds so stressful. I can't imagine cruising through like the app. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can't imagine whew. having a cell phone when I was ten years old. Right. You know, like ev- instantly everyone gets a hold of you all the time. All the time. Not like I'll be at the park on my bike doing and then dangerous you're like, things with no helmet on. Yeah, duh. Let's build a jump with, okay, what was the dumbest thing you did as a kid? I know there were a lot, but let's <laughs> yeah, go like, a lot. what was some of the more dangerous things you did? Uh, like there was a significant hill at this church that was close to us and they had some speed bumps and the speed yes. bumps had gaps in the middle that were like, I don't know, 10 inches, 12 yes. inches, you know, like right in the middle and significant hill at the top of it. And I would get on a skateboard on my knees oh. and bomb down that sucker on my knees and try to hit the gaps so I could get more speed and With came off no that helmet. thing at 400 miles an hour, <laughs> like 12 stitches in my chin. <laughs> that was pretty dumb. Oh my God. But then again, I'm like, I'm like, you know, five blocks from home Yeah. on a skateboard with one other person around who's on a BMX bike and they're like, Whoa, no so helmets like rolling my skateboard home for 45 minutes. <laughs> blood, blood everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like bad. for those of you guys that grew up born in the, I was born in 79. I know Doug, you're 80, right? 80, yeah. <laughs> gosh. But anybody that grew up in the eighties, early nineties, like, Especially the 80s. Different world, man. Yeah, it seemed very different. Yeah. I mean, it's also a long time ago. It is. You know? Like 40 years ago, Doug. Yeah, like in 1980, 40 years ago was also a very long time ago. (laughs) If you were 40 in 1980. (laughs) 
you were probably thinking, right? Like, man, World War II is a real thing. You're what? Like, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old does that make you feel right now? I mean, pretty oh old. Oh my you Remember that gosh. show, The Wonder Years? Uh, yeah, Fred Savage, bro. Yeah. Uh, Wendy. What was her name? Oh man. Yeah, Wendy was a little hottie, right? Yeah, and, yeah uh, what Wendy, was the... not Wendy Peppercorn. That's no, from Sandlot. That's from Sandlot. <laughs> the lifeguard, right? Yeah. But anyway, that show was on in what, the mid-80s? Yeah, oh yeah. Mid-late 80s? Mid-80s. And that was about what, like 1968, 1969? For, for what? That the, show, show was based in that oh, time. Oh, wow. I didn't so if they think made a Wonder Years right. now, it would be about the year 2000. <laughs> Oh just man! Messed up. <laughs> I heard too something insane. What was it? Because we watched, you know, for us, remember the movie Dazed and Confused? Yes. That movie also based off of the early '60s, I think. I think that's like more right. like a oh '70s. 70s. That's yeah. right, '70s. Early '70s. And I heard someone say that basically, like the equivalent of kids watching Dazed and Confused now, yeah. when we did, is the same thing. It would be like them in like 1997. Yeah. I graduated high school in 1997, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. I know. Oh, man. But we're so wise. Um, <laughs> and with that, we've got uh, some some reviews. Thanks for the reviews, guys. Um, one was great uh, from – this is a great name, by the way. Good play on words. I'm guessing their name's Sam, but Sambrero57. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh. Says, as someone who judges a podcast based on how badly I want to be friends with the host, the podcast is a 10. We can be friends, Sembro. Anyway, yeah, either way. Except to move to Park City. There isn't an episode that Chris and Doug record that doesn't make me laugh until I cry. I also love learning and thinking about things in a different way. Doug and Chris are super athletes who aren't so pretentious (laughs) to believe that every listener survives on protein, pancakes, and creatine alone. (laughs) Yet, if you do, they're here for it. (laughs) To the vanity license plates, I saw one today that says... Mivijo, M I V I E J O, and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Is that, that in the case I happen to see you get in or out of your car, and I can yell across the parking lot, "Sup, Mivijo?" <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> Just why? Not as good as no exhaust, but still, keep on keeping on. You make my commute through the Roaring Fork Valley so much more entertaining. Wow, really cool. Thanks for that. Thanks, That's, Denver, yeah, That's really fun. great. Um, and then this one, we'll, we'll kind of dig deeper on. This is from Corbin. He said, you maybe remember the seminar I went to with Mr. Ripito. He's such oh. a unique character and his program works. I'm interested in hearing your takes on CrossFit, especially seminars from the past and present. Is CrossFit less innovative now? Also, what about camps? I think he means comps. I don't, I, maybe. Also, what about camps? Comps? Camps? Influence? Maybe like a... Oh, yeah, like what camp you're in. Maybe that. Also, what about camps influence influence on us mortals? <clears throat> Should we just be keeping it simple in the garage or affiliate? I'm not trying to call anyone out. I believe that most programming with basic CrossFit principles work for the most part. Great podcast. You always have me laughing with great info too. So I think <clears throat> maybe we'll first tackle the uh, the specialty seminars. And it's funny because Doug and I read this yeah, about up. three seconds ago. And we're like, wow, uh, I'm doing really not even things. sure. So we're going to go to CrossFit.com right now. And if you were to go there and click on courses, you could click on that. And I'm seeing a level one courses near you. Uh, give me something good. more. Here we go. Find I, think your path I know resources. there's a weightlifting one that's back. Yeah. Where is it? Like, I don't even know where to find click it. Courses. I'm just going to be honest. 
uh, courses. New Year's Year, online courses. No, up at the top, courses. Where? Courses, right here. Yep. About. Exp explore courses. Let's explore the courses. Level one, level two, level three, CrossFit certified trainer, there level four, CrossFit certified coach. In. Okay, here's what we've got going type, on. Click that type there. Yeah, this one. Drop done. I'm drop just going to keep going. We're just going to we're gonna do it all. In person. In person? Yeah. Yeah. So here's, it's to my understanding, the kind of, this is sort of maybe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, you might know more than me, but previously um, specialty seminars were essentially run by the individuals yes, and, and they did it and it was kind of, you know, under CrossFit and then CrossFit kind of took them on and had so. them, you know, under CrossFit yes. and they were essentially employed by CrossFit and then out and then it went back out fully out to, like yeah, not like not, they don't exist. Yeah. Not endorsed by CrossFit, but if you wanted to go to the Bergner strength thing, you could go to that. Yep. And now it's back to Somewhere the, back. them like, uh, supporting it. it. Right. Is that how you would say it? Yes. So like, okay. So we'll read off the ones. I see the ones here, aerobic capacity, gymnastics, and weightlifting. Yeah. And those are the, those are the three that would be a CrossFit specialty course. So if you click on the weightlifting one, it says overview, the snatch, clean and jerk, high school movements that are challenging to teach and perform, improve your coaching and technique through two days of classroom instruction and drills led by the legendary Bergner, Bergner strength yeah, team. Yeah, so it's like the Bergner yep. strength. Exactly. So it sounds like maybe a lot of the ones that came on, maybe like, remember kettlebell, Jeff Martone? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so Jeff, like, uh, you know, if that's like, he's probably running his Boom. own course still. Boom. Boom. But it's just not uh, under CrossFit. That's my assumption. Yes, I, I agree. Okay, so going off that assumption, let's and go then back to... there's a gymnastics to, one yep. and uh, uh, aerobic capacity one. Yep. And I wonder if Hinshaw is still doing aerobic capacity. Taught by Chris Hinshaw says right there. Where? Up the top. Where First sentence. To, hey, look at that. See how good I would I go to that, reading? honestly. Like, And this coming from a guy who's like, eh, I don't know if I want to go sure. to those. Yeah. I would go to those. Learn some sure. stuff. Um, I like. I just like how much he is stoked about aerobic capacity. Guy. That guy's fired he up. He is fired up. Oh, yeah. He loves it. So it says, um, Corbin's question is, is CrossFit less innovative now? Um, so we'll start with that. Uh, so it's, it's actually interesting. So I was watching um, a friend of mine, Spencer Nix, a really good dude, really smart guy. He's doing a podcast as well. It's called BPR, um, Behavior and Performance Research. And a lot of his podcasts are based around kind of the psychology behind fitness and sport. And he had Boz on his podcast. And it was actually, maybe I'll pull it up and I'll just jam it into my phone or my phone, my mic here, because it was actually cool to hear Boz talk a little bit. Uh, if you guys don't know, Adrian Bosman is the no rep Um the no rep guy. So I'll try to pull this up and see if I can find it. Cause it was a little snippet and it's just labeled getting back to the basics. Here we go. Approach to getting back to basics. I think we have gone through a cycle in the broader fitness landscape where I really believe CrossFit kind of at its heart in the early days was a cutting away of some of the bloat of the fitness industry and what it had become. And I believe now that cycle has come all the way around again. And there's just so much stuff that's even within the greater CrossFit ecosystem. It's cool that it's grown. It's cool that there's so much kind of cross-pollination. But with that and with that kind of mainstream appeal, there's a lot of that bloat that 
comes creeping back in. You know, like so many people believe that you need all these extraneous pieces of support gear or supplements or whatever, and they're they're right back in this phase of neglecting the basics. Yeah. yeah. So so maybe maybe not specific to the specialty seminar, right? But if it it's if it's addressing the question, do you think CrossFit um, has stagnated? What what was the what was the term that? I don't know. Um, what do you say? You said he said, said, like, he like, said uh, is CrossFit good? less innovative now? So here's, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Um, I really like Boz's viewpoint in appreciating the simplicity of the program, right? Like, hey, let's do. We're going to get real crossfitty here, right? Functional movements where yeah. move large loads, long distance quickly. Let's yeah. have intensity. Yep. Um, let's not overthink it. We don't need to have weight belts and knee sleeves. Yeah. You Vary what to, you do. Do something different yeah. than you did yesterday. Yep. You don't need to have like, you know, 12 different kinds of nutrition supplements and sometimes periodized sometimes programming. Like, yep. It's going to be a bank of like the 30 kind of moves or variations on those moves and you just kind of cycle through those. Yeah. You don't need to have like these magical accessory works and have a BOSU ball under your feet, you know, like, so I, I agree with Boz in that, um, stripping down and having that really simplistic approach. And I do think that some of that has been lost. However, at least from my viewpoint in having a gym for 16 and a half years, almost 17 years, I do think there are better ways to approach it when it comes to having people in your facility that are paying for a service and your job is to give them results. Sure. You know, which, we, which I think we've talked about too is like different than that's like how you use it, right? That's different than the product. I mean, CrossFit's not selling a product like, hey, open an, uh, an affiliate and have 400 members. Right. We have talked about that. Right. right? And, and which is an interesting conversation in and of itself and sort of talk through and say, oh, my gosh, like, well, it does the affiliate model work. But nothing, nothing along those lines, um, when we start thinking about more like the actual program, what it is, <clears throat> if you're you, just going to – How do you implement – what Boz is talking about there with one person, well, seems pretty straightforward, right? You yep. and your gym, pretty simple. Or you and your garage. Yeah. Yep. You're just looking Versus for a fitness like program. You and a for-profit business that's trying to get people to show up and pay money and keep coming and get the uh, get them results too. Like that's oh, yeah. all. A, yeah. I think a semi-different thing. Interesting. Yeah. I could I could see where you're coming from. Yeah, right. So you know, for, like CrossFit has tried to dabble in that, I think. Like, oh, we're going to have affiliate programming that you could run in your affiliate with lesson yeah. plans, et cetera. However, when I go to the CrossFit.com, like I go and I look at the workout of the day. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, how would I do that? Like I'm going to get warmed up in my garage and then I'm going to yeah. grab my dumbbells and I'm going to do that and then I'm going to be done. Which is an interesting thing that we've talked about before, right? Is like I think we sometimes take that for granted because of your education and so I think that a guy like you that's been around the fitness industry for, you know, the better part of two decades, it's plays to your advantage to have that level of comfort. To say, and, I, okay. and I also come from a different spot now because I'm not running a business doing it. Yeah. And I would even argue like your approach to it, right? Yeah. So you aren't really, you're not really looking to have this 
elite performance, have rocket booster progression, no. clean 300 pounds. You're just looking for general fitness. Yeah, it's going to be fit. Right. And so I think those approaches are very different, right? Yeah. Um, but when you think about ways to make that the most accessible for <clears throat> a large population and the most effective, I do think there are better ways to get into it and to approach it. And obviously there's like a host of ways to do this, right? Talk to any affiliate and their on-ramp program. Um, the way that they do that sure. is going to vary wildly, right? Yes. <clears throat> so that's going to play a role. And that's where I think a lot of the innovation can come. And I also do think that like um, personally, so one of the things that I've kind of been rattling through my brain, because I, I really like to think about, okay, like how can we constantly be sticking to what we know works, but also trying to kind of push the envelope and move this thing forward. <clears throat> and one of the things that I've sort of leaned into, at least in the gym and, and for myself as well, is kind of this template that I've created on my own. And I think we may have talked about this, maybe not, but I like to have varied intensity, but without really telling people that I program that. So one of those days I program just a heavy day where that's all we do. Another day, I try to program a longer duration day that has generally no weightlifting or very minimal weightlifting. And then another day I'm banking that are people are going to take off. So there's three days, mm -hmm. right, that we've got there. And now I have four other days during the week, which I encourage people to take two days off a week. Yeah. So now we've got three days where we'd have more of like our traditional workouts, right? So what I kind of try to do there is create three days of your classic high-intensity workouts, one day where you have a straight up heavy day with accessory work and another day, longer duration, naturally lower intensity, two rest days between. Mm -hmm. And then within that, what I've even taken, um, I think a next step within the strength program, I'm a huge believer, just like we talked about last week in consistency and progression, right? So like one of the ways that I used to, and I have historically programmed is just tons of variety with strength for our general population. Mm -hmm. And for the last cycle, we did a specific strength program and it was still one day a week, but we did a specific back squat. And I was like, you know what? It just really works. So I'm yeah, going to do like, it again. Uh, CrossFit re really wouldn't do that. Correct. Right? So we do like, I just saw it up there. So I'll mention it like yeah. deadlift, three sets of five, two sets of three and one set of one or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Two, five, two, three, three sets of one. Yeah. And like they would do that and then they would just redo it later. Yeah. And like right? a couple of days before that, and this is just an observation. It's not a knock. I, I have programmed like this for years, uh, two or three days before that 15 minutes to build to a heavy single power snatch, then five sets of two at 80%. Um, before that, um, scrolling, scrolling, weighted pull up and a broad jump. Right. So like yeah. lots of variety. Great. Right. But I really think for, the population that we work with and most people, if they want to see really good progress with strength, giving them consistency is just more effective and it's boring. Consistency. Like, what do you mean? Like the same movement or movement pattern for weeks repeatedly. Like for us, like a strength program. Correct. <clears throat> yeah. I just think people adapt to that better than if I threw in, you know, a snatch, and then a week later, it was a back squat. And then a week later, it was um, a weighted pull-up. And a week later, it was a hang power clean. And a week later, it was a front squat. Yeah. I mean, I think that stuff works too. I also think that we got pretty strong not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. 
but I think that like I do that stuff too. And and I don't know. I'm trying to think about this. Yeah, like does CrossFit ever do that? Have they ever put that stuff on? Not to my knowledge. You know, so like I you have I haven't yeah, seen all the times that I've done it I had to like just like come with it come up with it myself, right? Right. And that's where, like, I do think there's value to a variety of weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Because it gives us exposure to those things. But most of the clients that I work with, when it comes to, hey, I want to build strength. Yes, we're going to help you do that through the constantly varied functional movements. Da, da, da. Yep. But the reality is, if I give somebody exposure to a certain stimulus, the adaptation is greater. Right. So it's just like anything. The more you do something, your adaptation is greater. Sure. So you could slant it the other way. If someone came to me and said, Hey, I want to run a marathon. Cool. We can still do GPP stuff, but I'm going to give you some consistent running days every day of the week. Yeah, sure. And so I think that for me, and this is where I've kind of settled recently is I, and I'm not saying that this is the correct way. It's just, I, I'm willing to experiment with these things Mm -hmm. to see if it creates still this broad base of fitness sure but keeps people building strength building endurance less banged up like how do we make this more longevity approached and i I think too though it is important to remember like we're all on the same team like boz wrote these workouts right yeah uh well i don't know i I actually don't know yeah he did cool so Boz and just wrote, so you guys know, we're looking at like, yeah, you know, like we're on like the most recent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's like Boz recent. wrote these workouts and these look like workouts from like 2003. Yeah. Right. Like they're yeah. really straightforward, simple. A 25 minute clock, run one, one and a half miles. You no, know, to his point. MRAP 20. Yeah. And I think you could get results doing this. I know yep. I could. If I, if I followed it consistently, I know I could. Yep. And I think what you're talking about, you can get results that way as well. So, and we're all on the same team, right? Yeah. This is all like team fitness. That's, and that's how I feel. And so what I would say is like one of the things that I think has really um, been interesting over the years, right? Is that depending on, and I can, I can understand this, um, depending on how people approach this conversation, either camp and maybe this gets to, to the next question that you have, um, Corbin, is kind of, you know, like what influences us? I think people get really protective. Um, and so that could say that, you know, um, somebody that has a really heavy strength bias program, their strength program is the best way. Sure. If you have someone that has a really heavily endurance bias program, their program is the best way. Yeah. CrossFit is the best way. Yeah. Like, like, and also I put my personal spin on it because of what I want. Yep. Right. So like some of this really appeals to me because I'm like, I like that because I'm like, Hey, five sets of two power snatch. I'm going to warm up my power snatch. I'm gonna do five sets of two and then I'm done. Yeah. Right. I'll do that deadlift thing and then I'm done because where I, I am now is like, I just want simplicity. I want a less is more kind of thing. Yep. Right. Whereas somebody else might be like, Hey, like I really like being active. I've got the time and the energy to do it. And I want to train for two hours a day. Yep. 
what can I add in or how can I twist this up or spin it up to make it fit what I, where I'm at right now. Yep. Could have more complexity to it. Or like competition people or longevity people or whatever. And that's where I think it gets really confusing for a lot of people because we often as people, I think we want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. We want, it's like, tell them, no, no, Doug, that's why tell a lot me of people come exactly to the gym. what I, I they should they don't do. want to think about it. Totally. Right. Uh, which, which I appreciate too. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to worry about it. No, like I don't want, I don't want to have to think about what to do to warm up. I don't want to have to think about the programming. Just, yeah. Yep. But what I think it creates is this environment where it forces people to either think for themselves or realistically, they kind of get pushed into this influence of one of the camps or they kind of get chewed up and spit out because they can't maintain it. And that's where I think it's really important to say, well, hey, how can we try to create a program or an approach that has room for that? And gosh, it's definitely not perfect here, you know, but we talk, we talked about this. We try to look at things as movement demand and function over traditional scaling with load and reps and time mm-hmm. um, and adjusting yeah, things sure. like that. And sort of, we don't have the conversation. People that are new in here have no idea what the term prescribed is, RX. Yeah. We don't write weights on the whiteboard. Um, what else don't we do that might feel really foreign? Um, we don't do I this. still yell time when I'm done. That's just time! <laughs> yeah, we don't write uh, your time on the board when you're done. We don't tell people to log their workouts. Like, hey, or guys, you make don't sure you write go prescribed, in. Workouts, uh, prescribed weights on the board. No, we don't do any of that, right? And, and that's a lot of that is because I think it's a step toward trying to customize a program based on what people need. Because it's easy to say, well, I need you to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And then on any program, doesn't matter what it is, it says 185 pound squat snatch. And you're like, well, I guess that's what I have to do. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not maybe appropriate for you. Right. Yeah. So starting, I think that's where the innovation can come into play is how do you take a generalized program that has some great value to it, but make sure that it's assigned appropriately for the individual. Yeah. And to your point, I don't think that's what CrossFit is saying, what they're trying to do. Yes. They're not selling or marketing that. Yeah. Right. But for you as the individual working out in your garage, I would encourage you to figure that out real dang quick and get your head wrapped around that so you can do this for decades. Yeah. And if you guys are an affiliate owner, you better have that in place before you open your doors because otherwise you're going to have what I believe a clientele, it's a revolving door. A yeah. program that doesn't grow with them or kind of chews them up, spits them out. Yes. So that's kind of my thought on the innovation thing. But yeah, you, I, like uh, there's a whole layer on top of just what the workout is. Oh, to like yeah. How much are you caring about the people you've got, right? Totally. And like if it was just you, if you were doing one-on-one training with somebody came in and you had programmed something and they came in and it, it was just clear that that was not appropriate for them that day, you'd change it, right? Yeah. And you have to do that to some degree for everybody in the gym. And it gets harder and harder when there's two people or five or 10 or 15 or 20. And then CrossFit, like the .com workout, doesn't have to worry about that. Right. And how do you teach your coaches how to do that? Yeah. So there's a whole different layer there. So I think that's like one of the the things. And so I think kind of what you're saying, Doug, is encouragement to you guys that are listening is don't feel like you have to be a part of the camp. Like maybe if we shift this 
concept and say, hey, we're all on the same team. And bro, yeah. if you're like into one of those things, if you really enjoy the strength bias, if you really enjoy the aerobic side, if you really enjoy fill in the blank, yeah. doing it three times a week so you can go ride your bike the other four times a week. That's great, bro. Do your thing. It and doesn't mean that's better than another version. And know that even Boz, and Boz wrote those workouts. Mm-hmm. And I follow him on the Instagram, so I know that this is true. Yeah. But he's like, like I uh, wasn't feeling it today. This is hard for me to get back into the swing. I've had this and this and this go on. So yeah. this is how I adjusted the workout that was written for today. And I did it in my garage. So everything that you do for you, it's okay to adjust that. If it's power snatch, five sets of two. Yeah. You're like, Hey man, it's just not happening today. And it, don't you think it's interesting though? Like, because this is where I have a hard time with this is I love that conversation. And I love that people are now starting to talk about it more. And you hear it a lot from the old guard, people that have been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just an age thing, but I think it's a training age thing, which is different. We've talked about that. But I go back to that. People don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, And there's two things. People, one, don't know how to do that intellectually and that's not a knock it's just hey if you don't know you don't know like i don't know how to make spreadsheets and do a great job budgeting right sure and then they're sort of it's in my opinion it's really difficult um to shift the culture that has happened within crossfit i think unintentionally because we grew up in the you die for points you write your name on the whiteboard yeah I mean, how long did it take you to realize that that's not important? Yeah, a while. Yeah. And then when if you were to go to, and this is where it gets difficult for me because I think sometimes like the the method is still preached that way in a way, but the conversation is sort of like, well, but if you're not feeling it today, you know, you got to adapt. Like that's you, awesome. I mean, but I don't know, like, like can you, if someone had told you that, that puts you in your heyday of that. Like the die for points thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. And someone had come to you and been like, listen, like maybe from time to time, not the best idea. Yeah. Would you have listened? Or you had to no. learn that on your own? I had to learn it on my own. Right. So I sometimes I think of like, you know, we've talked about gyms where maybe that's the culture. And I'm yeah. like, that's just where they are. You know, like they're in a, a point where people come in and murder themselves every day. Yeah. And no matter what, and they're encouraged to do so. Oh boy. And like, like maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but I don't know if anyone could have told me that I would have been like, get out of the way. Yeah. And that's where I wonder if we know that we're having these conversations over here of, Hey, we need to take these days. I just think there's a better way. And I'm not saying I have the solution to it. We have ways that we do that. We have questions that I like to have people ask themselves and there's all sorts of things that we do to create that culture here at Park City Fit for sure. Um, and there's things that like we're stepping toward to make that even more of a uh, part of that conversation. But I also like the, the reason why we want to have that conversation is so we can continue to train and continue to get back to, okay, cool. Well, if I take today a little bit more reasonable, I'll be able to get back to that hard work in the next day or two. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes people hear these things and they think, oh my gosh, well, like, I guess it's, you know, it's not good to work harder. They're saying that intensity is bad. It's like, no, no, like kind of contrary. It's that we just need to find that right amount 
and that's different for yeah. each person. Like I don't, I don't think it it, it can be tough because I believe that intensity with whatever you're doing will get your results. I really do believe that, right? Like I you want to learn a language, like doing it all the time, relentlessly, yeah, attacking it will get you the results that you're looking for. Now there are consequences to that. Like if I only speak Spanish to my family and they don't speak Spanish, they're going to be pretty frustrated with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like there are downsides to that, but also, but I do think it's the best way to do it. Yep. But I just like, you have to temper that sometimes. Yeah. And, and I also think that when it comes time to like the physical side of things, man, if, if that's still, you know, in theory, intensity is still like the thing that helps gives us results. Right if you do that every day, it's just not sustainable. It's not. So if you instead set it up to where it has more of what we call a varied approach to intensity, <clears throat> my belief is that it gives you the ability to still hit those workouts with intensity where otherwise you would end up actually limiting yourself and stagnating. And we've seen this before. The people that come in six days a week, two or three workouts a day, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm not seeing any results. It's like, bro, you're overtraining, yeah. right? And that can look different. It doesn't have to be amount of workouts. It could be the intensity of workouts. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, like, I get what you're saying. And, it, and, you know, if you attack, it might be the best way for you to get the most results the most quickly. And you need to think about how sustainable that is for your life. And this is like exercise. This is work. This is anything else, right? Like yeah, you want to yeah. crush it at work. There's a recipe. Yeah. Work you know, all the time. Work all the time. <laughs> and there's a cost to that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that I would recommend that, but yeah, you know, Just you've got, there's, there's like it. some trade-offs there, you know? Yeah. Like if I've really wanted, if I, I say I want to be as fit as I can possibly be. Yeah. Like, go to the CrossFit Games as an old dude. Like, I have to do that more than I'm currently doing it. Yeah, for sure. Right? Trade off. Now, I don't think that you have to do it every single day all the time. Yeah. But it's got to be more than my, like, once every 14 days scene. Yeah, yeah. You know? The intensity trade. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yep. And that's where it's like, hey, yeah, I just think there's a better way to help people navigate that. Sure. And sort of say, hey, wherever you are in that season, that's cool. No yeah. sweat. Just ask yourself the question of, is this where I want to be? Yeah. Is that the right choice for me? Yeah. And then if you've answered those questions, okay, cool. Well, now I can accept that. And I know that I'm making the right decision. But guess what? Down the road, it's okay if that changes. Mm -hmm. It's all right if that chapter changes. It's okay if that recipe changes a little bit, mm -hmm. even though the ingredients might be really dang similar. Yeah. And I think I get what you're saying that everyone's having it. Not, I mean, everyone, air quotes, everyone is having that conversation. We're having it. Yeah. And like, that's not, maybe not portrayed officially in the doctrine. Correct. Sure. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I think CrossFit can be innovative yeah. and saying, hey, what's that look like? How could we do that? What's yeah. the system that we could set up yeah. to make that more um, common, more accessible, more normal? Sure. Because uh, I really think that that's what gives it 
more legs, more life for a longer time. Yeah. And you know, like part of me thinks, well, like, like I've said before here, you'd be really careful with telling people to do less, Yeah, you know, because the general population in the world is like, Oh, do less. That's great. I'll do less. And I'll do half of what less is. And the people that walk in the doors here, if you tell them to do, you know, if you said to someone, you walked up to someone in the mall, you said like, I'm not going to watch you do this, but today I want you to do 50 push-ups. Yeah. They're like, what? They're, they're going to do 10. Yeah. Right. Stop. And the people that walk in here, you're like, Hey, do 50 push-ups. Someone's going to come back and be like, I did a thousand today. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So like if the goal is let's make the general world a little bit more fit, like maybe they could push a little bit more and the people in here could like tone it down a little bit more. Yeah. And that's right. It's, it's funny dance. Yeah. And I think that's like what I think CrossFit needs to come to grips with is the people that they're talking to really ultimately are the ones that are walking in the gym and they're the affiliate owners that are running this thing that are steering the ship in a way. So it's like, Hey, but who, like who really becomes the person that you're talking to? I, I think it's great. Like talk to the world. Hey, like, you know, this is, I was watching a thing with Mike G and they were talking about how he was doing this lecture talking about how, you know, that recipe is fighting against disease. Cause he was, you know, he's with CrossFit health and doing, and doing some lecture there. It's like, that's great. General population. You got it. But guess yeah. what? There's people in every single gym or in their garage because they've latched onto it that when, just like you said, you tell me a little bit's good. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Four is good. It is great. But so it is a dance, you know? Yeah, totally. And, uh, again, that all sounds like we're on the same team. It's just, these are issues that come up when you're trying to do this work. Yep. Totally. Cause cause there's going to be a class here in a little bit and I guarantee some people are going to do more than maybe they need today. And some people are going to do less than they need today. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to try to figure out how do you stand in front of them all and give them all what they need on that day. Say like, you know, getting that person to tone it down a little bit and getting yep. that person to bump it up a little bit. That's, it's a hard thing. It's yeah. That's, I think that's like the art. Yeah. And if, and if you want to innovate, I think like there's a, there's your, come up with the best way to do that. I think you'll do well for your community. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Agreed. It's like, yeah, I think, I think that's a really hard thing. Totally. But that's the affiliate owner challenge. I'm willing to, and we're, we're trying, man. We're trying. Definitely not perfect, but gosh, if you guys, you know, have been a a member of our gym, I think you'll see the, the difference over the past five, six, seven years and how we do that. And if you're following online or, you're not and you check it out. I think you would see striking similarities and things that feel eerily similar to old school stuff and other things that you're like, Oh, that's just different. Kind of odd. Um, but Hey Doug, do you have any pet peeves? Mm, uh, I swear I had one. I do. What do you got? Customer service that is based in a time zone Mm. that is halfway around the world. Yeah. Can't handle it. Talk to me. Like someone who is doing customer service for say a place like Walmart who doesn't have any idea how Walmart works. Yeah. You know, 
They so don't like even I, know. They've never walked in Walmart. I chitty chat with that person online. Yeah. So like, here's the scenario. I bought a car battery, right? Because my oh. car needed a battery. Oh. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. You know, NBA. when you buy a car battery, they charge you for recycling of the old battery, correct? Because you drop it off at the other one. Yeah. And that's not like a easy thing to explain to someone who has no idea how who's never been in a Walmart before. Mm. That the online receipt I have doesn't show anywhere that I paid for the charge to recycle the battery. Mm. So I need an itemized receipt that shows the core charge on the battery. But it's not there. But it's not online. So can you send me a receipt? And then they're like, I can show you how to retrieve your receipt on walmart.com. And I'm like, I'm going to put my face through (laughs) this screen. And on that, you just refreshed my memory on my pet peeve. Because I was doing this the other day. Actually, my wife was on the phone. I forget with who. And it was some something where she got put on hold. And you know you're talking to a robot. <laughs> but it so irks me when they say, thank you for letting me know that. Let me see how I can help you. And then there's the fake typing in the background. Like, stop. I know you're not real. And I know nobody's typing. So don't <laughs> pretend that somebody's typing. It's Whoever made that thing, it's so frustrating. It's the worst. It's so frustrating. Fake so, typing? Is that supposed to make me feel better? Like, like I think search. that somebody's <laughs> typing? Oh, I hate that so much. So I want to be clear. My pet peeve is not about the person specifically. It's about the fact that like that person has no idea what my experience is. So what Doug's saying is he hates all customer service. <laughs> if you're a customer service rep, <laughs> you show up here. We're going to have words. Uh, all customer service employees, employers. I mean, it would be like me answering the phone to help somebody uh, who is in South Africa return <laughs> a battery to a place that I have no idea how it works. <laughs> hey, sure. Happy to help you. Uh, don't you need a receipt to do that? I, yes, I that's why it. I'm calling yeah. you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then, what's the problem, sir? <laughs> I can. And they're so nice. They're like, you. oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. man, I hope you have a wonderful day. And then oh, I just like man. hang up on them because I can't deal with it. Oh, it's t- oh. And when you get kicked around, you know, it's like, well, oh, actually, we need to send you over to this department. But they're like, oh, well, actually, we need to have you at this department. I'm like, and the the I had to call a mortgage company. And I was I had to go through. 12 different steps and clicking on the button and then I'm just hitting zero. Just give me the, just let me talk to a person. Oh man, buddy. Sometimes (laughs) the whole system and process thing is not a good idea. I can't handle it. Yeah. Just let's talk to to people. You know what? It's a $12 battery charge. And uh, I think maybe what I'll do is just go to Walmart and steal $12 worth of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Seems fair, <laughs> right? We'll call it even. <laughs> we'll call it even. <laughs> like, what do I want around here? What do and, I when, and when they they stop me, I'll be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you talking about? Receipt? Yeah, here's the receipt. Right here. It's right here. I gave you twelve dollars. Yeah, I don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not from around here. That's weird. Weird. Huh. 
So should, can you, I just leave with my stuff now? Or? What would you take for twelve dollars? For twelve bucks, what, do you need what would for I take? Twelve dollars at Walmart. Um, what would I get? Man, I, I would do like you know laundry soap or something. Okay. Just something very practical. Yeah, something that like you don't like to spend money on. Yeah, but you need to some dryer sheets. Yeah, something like that. Maybe I'll take a thing of Tide and uh, some dryer sheets. Yeah, I don't know why. Just my, saunter out the door. Yeah, right. My head went to like deodorant and toothpaste. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Walmart. I don't want to spend money on that, but yeah. I have to. That's what I'm gonna do. I guess I don't have to, but you know what? That's actually the plan. That's what I'm doing. Doing do it. it tonight. All right, guys. Everyone, See if they can stop tuned. me. Doug is going to do a live Instagram <laughs> of him stealing things from Walmart. I'm not really stealing. I guess. I guess that's right. Because they Which, owe me. Okay, tell me if this is stealing, Doug. Because when I was in high school, the answer is uh, probably yes. It's probably well. It's a slippery slope, right? So my buddy Joey and I went up to this play at a house in the Poconos. Pennsylvania. Poconos. Yeah, okay. Yep. And uh, there's a, it's in the middle of nowhere, but there's this arcade and all this stuff around the arcade. And in the arcade, remember Cruising USA? Yeah, I do. We were playing Cruising USA. A little Ferrari wanted... with a guy and girl in with their hairs yeah, all dude, flipped yeah. up. Yeah. We wanted to beat it. So we put in like our $5 for the change, get our quarters. Yeah. But there is a, have you seen those things that have like the quarters where they like drop down onto the tray? Yeah. And then Waterfall you drop thing. another quarter and you try to push more off. Yep. Tell me this, Doug. Because yes, we're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> because we're so smart, we found out that if we connected straws together, Did absolutely steal, and put a piece of bubble gum on it. Are you? That, ma- have you made amends for this? <laughs> well, just listen. It's more like a transfer of money. <laughs> because we would still put quarters in. It's like we're paying, you know, to play. And it would kind of push a bunch of the quarters toward the edge, but then we would drag all the quarters off the edge and get like a lot of quarters. Steal the quarters. And then we just go put them back in Cruising USA. Never did we leave the yes. facility. Yes, that was 100% more stealing. More quarters. <laughs> <laughs> but it just went because from the one quarters machine that you to put another. In, the quarters that you put in Cruising USA were stolen from the people that produced, <laughs> that gave you Cruising USA. But I still put quarters in the other thing to get more quarters. Yes, you took one quarter and put it in there and received five quarters. Correct. That just means you stole four quarters. <laughs> but I put it in Cruising USA. Still, you put four stolen quarters into Cruising USA. So, yes, that's stealing. I think oh, you man. need to find this place and make amends. I have a feeling they're no longer in business. I want you to send Probably them. Probably because people like me. Send them $4 worth of quarters. <laughs> In the in an envelope. Oh man, well, gosh, thanks for the reviews, guys. Uh, always, always great to read them. Always fun. And if you feel free to share with us, um, if you think that I stole from <laughs> these random arcade in yeah. the middle and of Central it, Pennsylvania, and does Walmart owe me? Would it be stealing or just yeah, uh, taking what funds. they owe me? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think we all know the answer, but I'd or love to like hear your <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Um, But uh, feel free to hit us up, guys. Questions, any topics, totally happy to help. We'll see you.